Hello and Happy New Year to all of our incredible listeners. I'm Cheryl Lang, your host, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to the Parenting Podcast 2024. Today holds a special place, not just as the onset of a new calendar year for TPP, but also the kickoff to a series that speaks to a crucial part of our shared experience. Parental burnout. In the next 25 minutes, we're going to dive into this common yet often hidden struggle. Together, we'll delve into the challenges that weigh on parents physically, mentally, and emotionally, casting shadows that can leave you feeling isolated or defeated. Parental exhaustion, uh, much like a chameleon, takes on various disguises, from relentless fatigue to seemingly positive behaviors like finding the need to continually tidy up everything around you. Our aim is not only to shed light on the signs of burnout, but also to offer practical coping strategies. So, whether you find yourself on the bustling commute or relishing a quiet moment at home, I invite you to join us on this journey of shared understanding, support, and the reassuring truth that you're not navigating this path alone. Happy New Year! Yes, here we are. Here we are. Isn't this exciting? Well, we survived 2023. (laughs) You know, listeners, hope you had a good holiday season, and here we are jumping off into 2024. Can you believe it? I just, I mean, at one point, this, that would have sounded like the future. Here we are in the future. Uh Hey, and there's the song, Cheryl probably know, but in the year 2525, (laughs) man is still alive. We're almost there. Guys, if you don't know the song, go look it up. I forget. I think it's in the year. Early 70s, yeah. 60s, okay. so. kind of an apocalyptic, yeah. but funny, it's catchy, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but, you know, it's like, oh, we're almost going to be there, there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's just interesting. Personally, I like even numbers, mm-hmm. so I'm really excited. 2024, nice even mm-hmm. numbers. Mm-hmm. But I remember, okay, in our family in 2019, uh, we just had so many different things. So all total, our family, Bill and I and family, uh, we'd only had like three surgeries in our whole family life. Wow. And then in 2019, um, we had, I think, five surgeries. Oh my goodness. Three or four emergency trips, some ambulance. It was just this terribly hard year physically Mm -hmm. for our family. Appendicitis, the my son ruptured his Achilles Mm -hmm. tendon and they had strabismus surgery, and they had this and this, right. and we just went, oh. So Christmas 2019, we didn't know what was coming, <laughs> and so when we were talking about it, oh, good, we're so excited, finally getting rid of 2019, uh-huh. it was such a hard year. Yeah. And then my son said, oh, we don't know what 2020 shall bring. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And we all just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Like the eerie ending to a movie. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what it was like. Yeah. It was heavy dose of foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are, um, looking forward to a whole new year. Do you do? 
New Year's resolutions. No, I just, I just keep the same list. It rolls over. I make some kind of like mental note of what I'd like to see happen, but I'm more like a quarterly girl, you know, like, yeah, oh, we'll we'll see how this pans out. And I used to do like word of the year, but then I'd forget the word. (laughs) So I'm like month by month, quarter by quarter. We'll get some things done. I don't know what that'll be, but we'll get some. Yeah. No, we have a big year. Our our last child graduates this year. That's true. And I'll turn 45, which I don't know if that would normally feel significant, but graduating your last kid and turning 45 right. feels, you know, like a big thing. And yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to some things this year. It feels like a, a new season starting for sure. And here we are with TPP. This yeah. will be yeah. our third year. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. It sounds wild to yeah, hear that, that way. Yeah, it doesn't no. seem like it's been that long. But, you know, when we're talking positive things, but you all know there are some heavy things in families and in lives um, carrying over just because the calendar flipped. Right. It didn't change everything. I don't know if you were like in the Y2K. Yeah. That whole thing. I filled the bathtub and kept the baby jar of food. (laughs) As if turning the year was going to be this big difference. Yeah. But for a lot of people, there are struggles that just have carried over. Right. I know. We're just finishing up the holiday season, yeah. and, you know, that's always hard for our family because we, we lost our son quite a few years that's ago, true. but that's always the empty chair. And, um, you know, those are just, those things never change. You get more used to them maybe, but, yes. you know, and I think if you've had a big life tragedy, you always know it, another one could be around the corner. Yeah. And I don't mean it in a fearful, negative way, yeah. but you you know, experience something really hard and horrible. So that always is going to taint your life to a certain degree. Right. And so going into new year, I'm always excited to do that. But, you know, I don't know. It, 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 uh, it There's lots of good things to happen. But since I can't predict the future, mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm just really happy to sit with my struggles now and try to work through those <laughs> rather know, than go too far ahead. But as we talked about on our series about holidays, we all want the It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Uh, it isn't all right. fun and exciting and Santa Claus. And we want to also address what's hard. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, I thought not to uh, come in dark or anything. One of the realities that I had in my own life and that parents struggle with is just burnout and stress. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? And so not to say, okay, here are the five things we want you to do to have a perfect year. What about if we take some time and walk through the reality of burnout a lot of parents experience, and then, like, uh, maybe could do it, let's say, let's, in three different stages, maybe let's talk about it, even what the symptoms might be, what it might look like, Mm -hmm. and then talk about what the origins or what makes it happen, because I will tell you, I didn't recognize it in myself. Hmm. I just thought, right. I just thought I'm tired. I'm failing. I didn't recognize yeah. real parental birth. And then we get to the good part, which is what I really want to talk about is ideas and suggestions to help our listeners so that they right. can manage it and cope. Or, yeah. Or manage and, and relief and, yeah. and to, maybe to bring more joy back to what mm-hmm. they're doing. Yeah. Okay. You want to do 
Yeah, no, that's great. You know, I'm I'm glad we're talking about this. Like I said, being at the tail end and uh, a parent yeah. of of the tail end of my school years with my kids, but not necessarily parenting. Right. Yes, you know, changing seasons and how I parent. You know, as we move into just yeah. having young adults, it, it's different. But you know, my daughter and I both have senioritis. <laughs> We're both kind of dragging ourselves to the finish line in a lot of ways, and, yeah. and burnout can be part of that, you know. Well, yeah. And see the guilt that can be, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that's one of the things, I think, that why maybe parents don't talk about it yeah. to, in a helpful way. They might complain, right. but to get help, because then you feel the guilt and the shame mm-hmm. of love. My children. Right. But what am I lacking <laughs> that I can't cope with everything? Yes. Well, yeah, or that I'm miserable. Wanting yeah. to be happy for them yeah, and right. excited for them and, and enjoy the each season and the moment. Right. And you Sometimes your feelings don't match up with what you want yeah. them to feel or feel like you should feel. And, and, and sometimes if you go to, I remember this when I was younger, when I would go to my older friends, maybe somebody that was mentoring me, and they might have been the age I am now. Uh-huh. Well, to them... They're past the burnout hard phase, and they're just remembering all the sweet memories. So their advice was sometimes good, but it didn't reflect the moment that I was in. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, sometimes I've been in in relationships where it's the opposite, where that person might have been more negative, like, oh, we'll just wait until they get to be this age. Oh, yeah. Just wait until this happens. And that's not always helpful either. And I've been guilty of both of those extremes, giving younger moms the wrong advice that's not helpful because we do have different perspective when we look backwards. You know, it's hard. Yes. Uh It's just hard. And parenting is a permanent job. Right. So if you're unhappy in your employed job, you you can change companies. Yeah. You can move across the country. (laughs) If you want a pet you can get a new pet or you don't like your house, move. I mean, well, I have mentally quit parenting many (laughs) Yeah, maybe even the kids knew that I had quit. Yes. yes. And so this is why we want to talk about it. Not so we can focus on negative, but so we can talk about it, the reality and be a safe place to yeah. talk about it and then walk through it, hopefully to bring some healing and some encouragement. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, our slogan for the parenting podcast is we want to help you flourish and bring your heart hope. Yeah. And so that's really our focus on yes. this, right. is the bringing of hope. Well, and I think in the midst of burnout, that's what you're lacking yes. is yeah. hope. You know, it, you, parenting is just always hard and stressful no matter what. Yeah. But in these seasons of true burnout, I know for me, I have felt like there's no way out of this feeling. Yeah. There's yeah. no end in sight. There's no ship coming in to rescue me, right. you know. And, and, and trying to be positive just adds another weight. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have any hope. I can't feel positive. Yes. Right and the guilt that you don't feel yes. positive. And, okay. Yeah. So this is the beginning of the symptoms mm-hmm. of what to recognize. And again, it has to be a balance because we want to say sort of what's characterizing the season you're in or is it different from what you previously had? Right. So this is one of them, this despair, the, the kind of the hopelessness. Mm-hmm. What are some other symptoms that y'all can see that we might classify as parental burnout? I can tell when I'm in burnout because I go into autopilot. Uh, like, what do you mean by that? 
Well, like I, I kind of have these robotic responses to my yeah. kids when I'm listening to their story yeah. or, you know, when there's a, a fight to break up, I just do the easy thing of just separating them yeah. or separating yeah. myself and just ignoring yeah. the issue. Um, whatever escapism tactic is accessible yeah. in the yeah. moment instead of dealing with the issue and engaging wow. with my kids. You know, I, I do a lot of uh-huh wow <laughs> cool instead of well tell me more about how you felt about that did yeah. she make you frustrated or you know asking those intriguing intrigued questions and, just, and you're not talking about on a, just an isolated instant right kind it's of repetitive day after character. day yes. and, yeah another thing that i think as i look back on it is just exhaustion right that you wake up tired and i hear from a lot of moms yeah. I'm tired when I wake up. I'm tired in the afternoon. I'm tired when I go to bed. Yeah. And I think there are two different styles of this right. permeating fatigue. When your children are little, you're just physically right. so exhausted. And then as they get older, you don't have to stay up all night or nurse them during the night, but you're emotionally exhausted. Right. Which is actually, I think, the harder thing. Is the emotional exhaustion. Yep. Because with physical exhaustion, you kind of go, oh, I'm just so tired. I just need to go to bed earlier tonight. Mm -hmm. But with emotional exhaustion, sometimes you don't even realize that's that's what you're feeling mm -hmm. when right. you're in the middle of it. Yeah, and it's it's hard because it's compounded with the rest of life, too. Yes. Yeah. You know, parenting isn't just, you yeah. don't get to pause all of life. Yes. You might have, you know other factors involved a hard marriage season or yeah. or single parenting or work concerns or um the world is on fire which yeah. seems to happen a lot lately yeah, yeah other your things. own self-made standards of yeah i have to perform all these things to be a good okay. parent and so with all those external issues going on it's sometimes hard to find the real source of the, the yeah. stress and so it might not be that it's easy to identify that it's parental burnout necessarily. That's right. Because right. we sometimes think our circumstances are what is making us stress, yes. mm -hmm. but it might just be we're really burnt out and this little thing over here just, just sent us down the cliff. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think too, well, in that vein, for example, I really struggled when my kids were young with anger and yeah. screaming in general. But in seasons of burnout, that would be heightened. Oh, yeah. Like I would have yeah, a shorter sure. fuse. And mm -hmm. so it, it it felt very hard to sort through sometimes because I was like, oh, I'm still struggling with this as much as yeah. I try oh. and fight it. But all these other things were exasperating my already yes. short temper. And so it just gets real messy. Yeah, it sure does. And I'm remembering it because <laughs> I really was burned out. I mean... All five kids at home, and then I, here I am, a widowed single mom now, and I'm responsible for everything. And I didn't back off because I felt, what am I going to quit? Right. You know, I can't put one of them in cold storage. Right. And so I had little ones all the way up to upper teens, and I say no because I had it again in menopause. They describe it as brain fog. Mm. Yeah. I can remember just... Not being able to think clearly, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, just struggling because mom, do this, do this. I have mm -hmm. to do this. Yeah. But wait, 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 wait. I need to go to the store, but I can't remember what I was going to do. I it's... can't remember where the store even is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but 
really, fog is a really good way. Because yeah. if you think like the old movies, you were talking about black and white movies, yeah. but the old black and white movies where they're moving and there's yeah. a fog mm -hmm. in London, but just how you can't see your way clearly. Right. It leads to fear because you oh. can't see what's, because I remember as a oh. kid in Southern California, we did get fog really bad uh -huh. and we had to walk to school. Well, you couldn't see the cars on the street. Uh -huh. And you couldn't see your friend half a block away. Right. The fog would be so thick, and it was always really creepy. Wow. And, you know, the minute you realized it was foggy, you're like, oh, I got to right. walk to school in the fog. Which is what kind of feeds into the hopelessness. Yeah. You, don't, you yeah. don't see bedtime because you're just thinking about, you know, why did I come into this closet? What yes. was I coming to get? And the baby's crying. And, yes. yeah, it's just a lot to sort out. And now out. dinner's burning because right. I forgot I was doing Well, that. and when you try to talk about it with with people, it, it's also, is it subjective, I guess? Yes, that, yes. You know, I remember I would say to a friend, you know, this very thing, gosh, I can't think straight. I'm just yeah. overwhelmed. I yeah. feel, and they'd say, oh, yeah, me too. Well, one, all your peers are going through the yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard for everyone. Yeah. But two, there's different degrees. And so it's hard to articulate no, I'm in the deep dark of, yeah. of parent burnout versus it's just hard to be a mom, mm -hmm. you know. Right. And, and so that friend might not recognize. It's, it's hard to communicate the extent of what you're going through. And well, you might not even understand mm -hmm. that you're really in a burnout phase. You're just having feelings, but it's all piling up. And right? that's what I was going to say. That's part of the fog is I couldn't think clearly enough right. to see my situation clearly. Yeah. I mean... And to be Don't, objective. Yeah. I couldn't because this is the life I'm supposed to be living, and I couldn't think clearly enough mm -hmm. yeah. to see right. what was going on or go, hmm, maybe I ought to talk to somebody else about it. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, and that's where the whole thing of fear and shame. Right. To, because well, you're a bad mom yeah. if you're not able to cope with some of this stuff because the mom you might be talking to, she's not in that phase right now. And she's like, oh, well, you'll be fine. It's not that hard. You know, and you feel like, oh, am I the only one over here who's feeling all this? Right. Um, the problem is what we want to say is an individual feeling of each of the things we're talking about is an individual. We're just talking about typical symptoms yeah. that might help someone to know that they're struggling with burnout more than something else. Because for me, it kind of snowballed. So I'm not thinking clearly. I'm feeling these negative things. Uh, you talk about kind of distancing yourself from your children. Mm -hmm. And then you think, I love them, but they're the source of my, mm -hmm. just, it's a messy thing. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of started not taking care of my own needs right? because I'm limited in what I'm doing. It's part of the danger of burnout is you just get sort of limited yeah. in what your resources. Or you try to fix it and you make it worse <laughs> because you might try to do more. Right. Like, oh, and then that's it. more stress. Yeah. And then I'm not taking care of myself Correct. and I'm not getting yeah. sleep and I'm not doing any of those things. It just continues to snowball and not to the point where um, it's dangerous. It's just messy and unhealthy mm -hmm. right well you know sometimes we you know we're not sure that we're burning out or or not but i found in my own life usually one of the main signs was i was being excessive Whoa. in something okay so now what do you mean by that well it could be excessive overeating yeah 
um, excessive cleaning, mm-hmm. excessive control over what I thought I could control. And, Which goes back to the anger. Right. Yeah. Because right. you're always failing. Yeah. You know, yeah. And feeling like I have to do this right. And this is the only right way, even yeah. if other people are going, chill out, you're expecting too much. You know, right? and, and excessive, and it can be some people react not overeating, but you quit really yeah. eating. Right. You're doing that or maybe turning to uh, other coping mechanisms, right. whether it's alcohol or maybe something stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Finding out, sudden seeing the pattern that it's more expensive. Something that you feel like is giving you relief. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's always temporary. So as soon as that relief is done, you may have oh, ate, ate the whole pack of cookies. <laughs> but as soon as the relief is done, then the wash of guilt yeah. and shame mm-hmm. and your kid in the background going, Mom, I need you. Right. And, and it hasn't changed. Some of those things, you know, you go to these extremes of yeah, not eating, eating too much, not, you know, yeah. not cleaning, cleaning yes. too much. And and it is just for relief. And some of them are effective. You know, I, I know for me, one of the things I would do is I'd be like, we just need to get out of the house. We yeah. Just, we uh-huh. just need to yeah. go do things. That's true. So I would overbook our schedule. We'd be we'd be at Target. <laughs> we'd be at the mall. We'd be doing all yeah. the things. Well, that was actually making it worse. And so yeah. some, some of these self-medicating tactics do There's, give a little bit of help. And then some don't you give have any to face help. reality when it's over. You start right. to come back to the messy house or the tasks you haven't finished that need to get done. Or for... you've been overeating, so now you look at yourself in the mirror. Right. And I just see what we're describing here as non-professionals, just a cycle uh-huh. yeah. that we keep cycling around because maybe, okay, let's go to Target. And then you yeah. buy things that you that don't need, you really and then the financial spend. stress, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. more junk food, and it just cycles around, and then the mm-hmm. guilt hits, and then oh, I'm not being the kind of parent, I'm not going, and it just yeah, this is the cycle that we want to help um, break. Well, and it starts with being aware, you know, being yes. self-aware of of where you you struggle or where you tend to drift in yourself which is a form of self-examination mm-hmm. which okay, i think so t- it, t- talk to us a little bit more about that well i i learned that quite a few years ago and that really helped me it didn't make me do everything right but it helped me because i would say why am i responding to this situation either by overeating or over trying mm-hmm. to over control mm-hmm. so then i'd have to kind of back up and go why am I using foods for most of us foods a thing, whether we eat, overeat or undereat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's easy. You know, why am I overeating in this situation? Why am I going for, you know, a box of Twinkies mm-hmm. rather than dealing with the situation? And I realized, well, part of my self-examination was that's how I was rewarded as a kid. Mm-hmm. You got food if you did good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you couldn't have a cookie if you didn't do this. So it sounds trivial, but it carries into adulthood all that baggage. And so self-examination is a really important part to give to yourself, to step back and go, why am I doing this behavior? Sometimes your spouse can help you and maybe they see it if you want to invite them into it. Maybe a friend sees it in your your life and say, I keep doing these habits. I don't know why. But really, we have to ask our questions. The question, why am I doing this? What, What is this reactionary behavior wow. have to do with my situation. That is really good. Ellen, it sure is. I know. And for me, I, I can see that my 
reactions have changed in different seasons. Like I said, when my kids were young, I thought if we get out of the house, it will help. I learned (laughs) that was not the help (laughs) that I needed. And now I tend to uh, isolate and retreat. You know, I don't return text messages. I, if I'm struggling, I don't initiate in my friendships. And I have one friend that she's like, Hey, you okay over there? Because she knows that's my tendency. It happens to be her tendency too. So, you know, having people in your life, like you said, that you can be self-aware, but maybe you don't have the self-awareness in the moment to throw out the red flag or whatever. And and so someone else knowing, being aware of your tendencies too can be helpful. And I think that would be an encouragement that I would say to all our listeners. Listen to your friends. Mm -hmm. Don't just ask them superficial questions. If they're coming to you and going, oh, I'm, you know, really struggling with finishing my day. Well, you could leave it at that. Or you could give them some helpful suggestions, or you could go, oh, why, why do you think that is? Right. You know? Well, and that can be scary to take yeah, the first step in a sure friendship can. to kind of invite yourself in. This, this is great. And listeners, we want to end here saying hope yeah. and help. And that's what we want to do. But we're out of time. Yeah. So we want to come back and let's talk some more about this. So if you're listening and you kind of identified with some of this, why don't you do some reflection, verbalizing some of this? Yeah. This is a complex and multifaceted thing. And yeah. We're definitely not professionals. But we've just com- lived through right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're, we're speaking out of our minds. But yes. not experts. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's right. Perfect, yeah. Very good. So um, next time, how about if we look at maybe some factors and then some things we'd offer for help? You want to do that? That sounds yeah, good. Sounds okay, good. good. So happy new year to all of you. Hang in there. Keep loving. Keep persevering because it's really worth it. As we bring this episode to a close, I want to take a moment to connect with you. If any of the signs of parental burnout struck a chord with you, I encourage you to find a quiet moment for some reflection. If you have a journal handy, jot down your thoughts. Sometimes putting pen to paper can help unravel the jumble of our thoughts and feelings. Parenting is a journey, and we all need a safe place to share our highs and our lows. If you're fortunate enough to have that trusted friend, take a small step. Send them a text and let them know you value and want their support. With TPP, you're never alone on this parenting roller coaster. We're here for you. Join us in our next episode as we delve even deeper into this web of parental burnout, exploring the factors that contribute to the struggle. Your well-being is our priority, so we are looking forward to continuing these important conversations. Don't hesitate to reach out. Visit our website, DM us on social media, or drop us an email at contact at theparentingpodcast.com. We always want to hear from you and to be a part of your ongoing parenting journey. So, until next time, take care of yourself and each other.